Laughter is the best medicine, and the future doctor is in on this episode of Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science, and it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings and welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston. Pleased, as always, to have you with us on this edition of the Live Happy Now podcast, wherever you are in the world, however you may be listening. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And thank you for more and more of you making Live Happy Magazine a part of your day. We've got a print edition. It comes out every couple of months, and it's available wherever fine magazines are sold. But we also have the digital edition, which is available anywhere your phone goes or anywhere your tablet goes. It's available in the Google Play Store and the Apple Store. And really, there's no excuse for not getting it because it's got all kinds of great features, things that you can learn, things that you can apply to your life, and some fun stories in there. So please, please. Please, please grab the digital edition again, wherever you might be taking your phone or tablet. I got to say, I was really excited when I saw today's guest on the schedule because I remember watching him on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and then a few times on specials that aired on television, Yakov Smirnov. Of course, you may know him as the Russian comedian who always proclaimed that we lived in quite a country. In fact, he'd exclaim, what a country and what a podcast we have for you with Yakov, this Soviet-born American comedian, actor, and writer. Now, he's been in the United States since 1977. He was a great stand-up comic. He's reached success from TV to specials to his theater in Branson, Missouri. And he even had a sitcom back in the 80s, What a Country. And he received a Master's of Applied Positive Psychology from UPenn. You didn't know that last part, did you? No. And he's also going for his doctorate in positive applied psychology. And we were extremely excited to have him on the show. Well, I got to be honest, I'm excited every time we have someone booked on the show. But when I saw this name, I was very excited because I'll tell you the best money that I have spent in my life was when my cousins and I pooled our money together in Branson and took my grandparents and our parents all to see Yakov Smirnov at his theater in Branson, Missouri. I'm so excited to have you. Uh, we were doing prep for this interview by watching one of your sets on Johnny Carson. So congratulations now on being on your second program hosted by Nebraskan. And the question I know everybody wants to, to know the answer to before we get to the more serious stuff. Is it true that in Soviet Russia, the car drives you? <laughs> um, I haven't seen that particular one, but... Uh... <laughs> But TV watches you for sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very good. It's uh, For those that, that don't know, Yakov Smirnov, one of uh, the great Russian comedians. Uh, are there many other Russian comedians? Not to, not to be well, disrespectful, but... Yeah, I, I think it depends how you look at it. I mean, Putin is pretty funny. <laughs> uh, especially when 
you know, he he kills, you know, he kills everyone. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, different yeah. kind of kills than what you're going for, right. but yes, that's right. very true. I was very interested to learn that you had taken on the study of happiness and the study of psychology, and not only just taken on the study, you didn't just start reading a magazine like I did and end up with a podcast. You're pursuing a doctorate. What got you yes, in? Yes. What, what got you into this into this uh, study? Well, um, a lot of different reasons. I think the main observation of um, people laughing. I mean, all of my life, I make people laugh, right? And that's a direct correlation with happiness. Um, people are happy when they are laughing. So I started uh, look at, uh, looking at that from more uh, scientific point of view. Um, and normally it's, you know, what, what got my attention, uh, it was when I was uh, going, I was going through my divorce. And I realized that there was no laughter at all. I mean, the only people laughing were the attorneys. <laughs> right. So so that was a big um, kind of awakening to me, realizing that there is a, a great amount of laughter happens when you are in the courting stage or honeymoon stage, and everybody remembers laughter. And so I started asking my audience, I have a, a theater in Branson, Missouri, where uh, it's a 2000 seat theater where I entertained over uh, four and a half million people uh, over like 20 year period of time. And so it was became kind of like my laboratory of laughter. Yeah. I, I would ask people if they remember laughter being part of their honeymoon stage of the relationship and everybody would applaud. And then I would say, how many of you would like to bring back the same amount of laughter you had during that time? And they would applaud as well. So it made me realize they, they don't have as much. Uh, and so I started digging into science of this and realized that it was um, hormonally driven laughter during that honeymoon stage. Um, and And then about a year into... A relationship, um, the, the, it stops. The honeymoon stage is over at that point, hmm. and laughter diminishes uh, greatly during uh, continue, continuation of that. And so I saw it as an opportunity to measure your uh, happiness with laughter. Interesting. Are there some biological benefits? I mean, I, I know we love to laugh. That's why we kind of wanted to start this podcast laughing a little bit. Are there some biological benefits more than just the, the psychological? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, you don't need to really study that much of this to recognize that laughter is good for you. I mean, sure. uh, you know, in the Bible, it says laughter is the best medicine. So, it's really pretty obvious, uh, and then one, once you get into the science of it, you realize that dopamine is being released every time, and serotonin, those are happy hormones, and they, make, they create that sense of well-being. 
But what I believe is happening that laughter really takes the big credit, uh, like it takes the brass ring, but it's really not the laughter uh, is what creates those positive hormones. It's the happiness that happens split second prior to laughter. I think mm-hmm. laughter, just because it's verbal and everybody hears it and everybody assumes that that's what... So if you ask majority of the population, and this actually started with uh, William James, or at least he kind of coined that. He said, we don't laugh because we're happy. We're happy because we laugh. Mm. And if you ask majority of the people, they'll say, yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's laughter is if we laughed and everything is fine. And I don't believe that's the case. I don't think that's the order. I think the order is um, the other way around. And I actually did some study with babies and babies are about four months old. They start laughing out loud. And yeah. if the if the baby's needs are not met, the baby is not going to laugh. The baby's needs need to be met, therefore, which makes the baby happy. And then you can tickle the baby or, you know, do some silly noises or whatever. And then the baby will laugh. And we adults wired exactly the same way. That makes a lot of sense because I, I am a fan of, of comedies in whether they be movies or whether they be stand up sets. And again, I've seen yours, thought it was great, but there are other times where like I, I'm, I'm come home and it's been a long day and I'll get yeah. on Netflix and I'll put on a comedy special and I don't think I enjoy it nearly as much as if I've had a pretty good day and I'm just looking for something to fill the air. And then those jokes, I think hit me a little bit better. That, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's that's uh, a lot closer uh, to understanding that that analogy is very wise, what you're saying. Um, and what it boils down to really is that in the beginning of the relationship, we meet each other's needs um, much more prof- uh, proficiently. Uh, we focus on those and we go after getting it done. Mm. So... And then once we get what we want and the the relationship goes into kind of a more, um, you know, steady uh, place, then we refocus our energy on uh, meeting our customers' needs, maybe meeting uh, needs of our friends or something else. But we refocus it from our beloved to to whatever else we're doing. And that's why we lose the laughter. It's not because we lost our sense of humor. Sense right. of humor continues to be the same till we die. But what we do, we change the amount of energy we invest in our uh, relationships. So is this an introspective thing that sort of got you? I mean, you mentioned your divorce. Was this just kind of a, well, in the future, these are the things to look yes. for? Yes, not just for me, but I believe, you know, when our founding father said life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Did we? I think we lost him. This this doesn't happen. I think we lost our Russian comedian friend when we were trying to record him for our podcast. That never happens. We got him back. 
We got him back good. Yakov, uh, sorry we lost you there as, as we were talking, uh, but uh, it, it could be, it could be we irritated the Russians at the beginning of the podcast. They could be hacking in on the phone line. I'm telling you, they want to know what we're doing. That's what's going on. <laughs> they're trying to in, they're influencing elections, and now they're trying That's to influence. Right. Now they're trying to influence our podcast. Oh, come on. The happiness study is being influenced, yes. Well, if if it helps, we're all very big fans of Putin on a a bear. Uh, That's our favorite picture. (laughs) It's lovely. But we were talking about uh, our founding fathers, uh, talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What What did you feel they meant? Well, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think they just left it open. They said, pursue it any way you can, because we don't really know what the hell that means. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, think about those guys who are wearing high heels and, and wigs. They were wearing, you know, they look like, you know, 90-year-old women, you know. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> they were trying, but I don't think they were really, um, maybe, maybe that's where it was. Maybe this is where um, the the expression where we laugh because we don't laugh because we're happy. We're happy because we're laughing. Maybe maybe they were humorous in their own uh, outfits or something. That I could be. I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, honestly, because they've done a tremendous job of creating this country. So, But I don't think those guys were specialists in laughter. Sure. You know, so... So uh, for some reason, I was given this quest, and I, um, I really believe in this theory, and that's why I'm pursuing. I got my master's degree at the University of Pennsylvania, which founded by our founding fathers, you know, Benjamin Franklin. And then, sure. you know, now I'm at Pepperdine uh, getting my doctorate degree, and I, I'm driven to figure this out because I believe it's similar to kind of fire to prehistoric people because they assumed that fire could only happen spontaneously. It could never be planned because it was when the lightning would strike, then they would have fire. Right. And uh, otherwise they couldn't. And I think that majority of the beliefs of, um, of most people is that laughter happens totally spontaneously, even though I go on stage and I create it intentionally for so many years, you know? So that's where I believe I was given this gift of trying to figure this out. Yeah. And, uh, and I think there's logic to that now, how it's all going to turn around and, and what kind of, um, studies and dissertation that I need to do to convince the world that it's all about meeting the other person's needs. It's not about making them laugh. Yeah, that's that's just a that's just a, a, a happy uh, byproduct of of meeting the needs. And, exactly, and happiness. exactly, exactly. You've got a PBS special coming up, "Happily Ever Laughter: The Neuroscience of Romantic Relationships." What can we expect from from that program? Oh, it's pretty detailed, actually. Um, I'm taking on uh, the topic. I I come up with a. Um, acronym which is gift 
uh, give importance, fun, and time. And and the whole show is kind of gift-trapped in laughter. But, however, it gives people step-by-step instructions of how to create happiness and laughter as a byproduct. Um, and so it's very straightforward. It was It's already aired several times, and it was voted um, the best uh, PBS special 2016. Excellent. So, yeah, so I'm very proud of that, and it's it's my kind of life's work, and uh, the work continues. Yeah, I would imagine that uh, that'll be something that we're going to need more of, the sort of the science of happiness. And, and really, you are the natural uh, person to be leading uh, a charge into this as someone who, is, who has provided years of laughter for people, is, has seen uh, the way that, that humor can positively affect folks. Why do you believe, and, and we've, we've talked about couples and all of that sort of thing, why do you believe it's important to, to make laughter a part of not only your relationship, but a, but a part of your day-to-day life? Well, uh, I, what comes to my mind um, that do you believe that car is a good thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so, but to move the car, you need gasoline or electrical. You need energy. You need something to move that car. Sure. So I believe that laughter is that it's a byproduct of the energy that we put in into our relationship. So if the relationship is a car, we need gasoline. Uh, to fill up the tank, and then the uh, gas gauge is telling us how much gas we got and how far we can go. Sure. So laughter is that gauge. Laughter is the canary in the cold mine. Laughter is what tells you, um, are we on the right track? It's GPS. Sure. You know, it, but it's not the car it, because... You need a good relationship to start with, and you need to put gasoline in that engine, or otherwise it won't move. And that is where I think the big we're watching the uh, we're watching the um, the gas gauge, hoping that that will move the car, but it ain't gonna happen. You right. need gas, and gas is meeting the other person's needs. Gas is understanding what is it the other person needs and then you meet that need and all of a sudden you see smiles on the faces and then a little bit of humor triggers the laughter that's a, and i see it day and night ever anywhere i go it doesn't need to be even a romantic relationship we're talking about a relationship like if you look at companies that's what i'm studying like global leadership for example you look at google and how do they create to be number one in the world? Because if you go to their office and you see what they provide for their employees, they, they give them three meals a day. They give them childcare. They give them exercise equipment. They give them freedom to roam around and do what they think would create the most amount of energy uh, to create something uh, wonderful Mm -hmm. for their company. 
that's what and that's and I'm sure there's a lot of laughter around that water cooler, you know, uh, because those companies are closing because they don't know how to meet their customers needs. Sure. There's so many ways that, that your your theories on this really can be applied, whether it's relationships or, like you mentioned, companies. It's incredibly interesting. So my definition, uh, and you can take that to the bank, my definition is that happiness is when your needs are met. Yeah. Whether you're a baby and you're getting, you know, uh, food or change or whatever, whether you're an adult and you got uh, tickets to your favorite uh, game or something, your needs are met and you're happy. Very true. And each moment, those needs shift and change. And as long as you keep focusing on meeting your needs, and then if you want laughter around you, you need to meet people around your needs. And then laughter happens. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Well, one thing, uh, one, uh, one thing that could make people very happy, they're going to have a need met, which would be some entertainment. I understand you're uh, out on tour again. Is this a comedy tour? Is it a uh, positive yeah, psychology yeah, yeah. discussion? I mean, either way, people are going to no. wind up happy, right? No, no it's a comedy <laughs> tour. Yeah, very much so. People, uh, they get more probably from my show that then average comedian because they're also getting uh, some psychology and and inspiration as well. But mostly 90%, my ratio is 90% laughter and then 10% information. Sure. That would be helpful. But I don't want to do it the other way around. I still want to be known as a comedian and comedian with the message or comedian uh, uh, with, uh, with, with the purpose. Sure. And the purpose is to teach people how to create laughter, even if that's going to take me out of work, you know? Sure. I don't think it will. It's been a couple of it's been a couple of years since I've been uh, to your theater in Branson, but uh, uh, I can it, even remembering back there, it was uh, more enriching than your average uh, comedian's experience. So I can I can yeah. definitely attest to that. Yeah, that's that's I pride myself to be able to do that, and I think people walk out feeling uh, very uh, satisfied and their needs are being met on many different levels. Very good. Well, we hope uh, as many people as possible can uh, get a chance to see you. If you uh, would like to find out where Yakov is touring, the uh, schedule is up at yakov.com. I have it pulled up on my phone right now. You get a nice picture there, nice signature. It's really well done. So uh, we'll look forward to uh, maybe catching a show very soon. And, again, we're very excited to have you in both the magazine and here on the podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you, sir. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. And we can tell the the Russians to start stop hacking into your system. <laughs> well, you if, if they want to be happy, they're welcome to subscribe, but they That's don't have true. to jump That's in. That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks so much. You bet. And don't forget, you can read more about Yakov in the next issue of Live Happy Magazine, available on newsstands beginning on March 7th. And again, you can get that digital edition on your phone then as well, or on your, I guess, tablet. 
don't have to be on the phone. You can have it on the tablet. I'm not here to tell you what to do other than, you know, get that digital edition. And while you're looking for the digital edition on your phone or tablet, why not uh, hop on over to Twitter? Yeah, let us know what you thought of this podcast or something you'd like to hear on a future podcast at Live Happy. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Live Happy, or you can send us an email, podcast at livehappy.com. That's going to do it for this episode. I am J.R. Houston saying so long and thank you for helping us to live happy.